Hello, and welcome to Film vs. Movie. This is a podcast where we debate the cinema you hate. I'm your co-host, Belton Delane Facey. And I'm Chris Schur. And on this podcast, we watch a movie that has been lambasted, slandered, chewed up, and spit out by and spit out as a hairball by public opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and this week we're talking about cats. Yes, this is the 2019 film based on the Broadway show of the uh, of the same name. Um, the show was composed by Andrew Lloyd Webber, and it was based on, on a series of poems by T.S. Eliot from 1939. The plot of Cats, it, it's barely existent. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but it, the general structure is is that there's a ball called the Jellicle Ball, and every year the cats get together for the Jellicle Ball and they sing and dance their song that represents them as a cat. And if they win, they end up going to the heaven side lair. And you're giving me a look, Bellin. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's my, no, I I wouldn't say, say uh, uh, it's like, yeah, it's lie on plot. I feel like it's one of those movies where, uh, where it doesn't need a lot of uh, plot because it has the story. I'm not 100%. <laughs> What's the story? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we we can get to that, but it's like it's uh, it's about like a, a acceptance, but uh, with some quick background on, uh, on the movie. So it was uh, it was based on the Broadway show, which is the fourth longest running show in Broadway history, and uh, and it was originally planned to be an animated film in the 90s, and they were working on. And that with an animation division at Amblin Entertainment, which is run by Steven Spielberg, but the animation division shut down, so that project um died with it, and uh, then went further into development. And in 2016, they brought on Tom Hopper to direct. Um, he previously you know, directed the King Speech and the film adaptation of, of Les Mis, so this was clearly very much expected to contend in award season. Yeah, that didn't really work out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure there, there's like an alternate universe where where things were uh, worked out better. But yeah. I don't know. I feel like across the multiverse, this film was bad. <laughs> it just wasn't good. <laughs> so yeah. So I mean, during production, like a lot of people commented about the VFX for uh, for this. So. Originally, they were debating wh whether or not to go with VFX or to just use prosthetics and makeup, but uh, but apparently they decided the prosthetics and makeup would be too difficult to have the actors da uh, dancing around, which does make me curious what prosthetics they were using when this is the fourth longest running Broadway show and that's what they use. Yeah, they literally just could have gone to the same costume designers for one of the iterations of the play and just been like, hey, uh, how do we make this comfortable? Because you're doing two of these a night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it also makes me wonder because, I mean, with theater, there is an inherently higher... Uh, uh, suspense of disbelief because you, uh, because everyone's aware they're watching a show on, uh, on a stage. So I'm worried. I'm wondering if they wanted the prosthetics to be more realistic than what the show uses. Yeah, that's a possibility. I don't know. I was looking back, and the costumes they had were awesome. Like they're truly amazing. You had like leotards and amazing furs and different colorings, and it just it looked perfect for a musical. 
And the FX was kind of like, I don't know why they made that decision. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, this might have also been around the same time where there's like that slight trend where uh, where a lot of movie studios with anything vfx they're they're like this has to be realistic i mean you kind of saw that with the lion king and the first draft of sonic the hedgehog (laughs) (laughs) did did that detective pikachu did that get the treatment too no they uh, no because in detective pikachu they all look like the pokey the pokemon everyone remembers just more 3d yeah yeah and speaking of uh, Oh, Sonic the uh, the Hedgehog, the same VFX company that did the rework for the Sonic d- design also worked on this film, and that was happening at the same time. Which that must have been very interesting water cooler talk. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like, could you Im- imagine uh, going to your coworkers like, "Where are you working on? I just fixed uh, Sonic's teeth. Where are you d- uh, doing? I stared at Cat's butthole for three hours." <laughs> They're like, yeah, we were deciding butthole, no butthole, and they want no butthole. I kind of wish they had the buttholes. I mean, so there, uh, there is the alleged butthole cut, which, uh, which like, um, this it's one of the rumors of this movie where I would not believe it if there weren't so many people saying it happened. We want the butthole cut. Yeah. I, uh, Oh my god! Can you imagine how much like one of the, one of those film cells of the butthole cut goes for? It's like the Snyder cut. It's just everybody wants it. We just need to demand it, and we'll get it. Yeah, like uh, uh, like at this point, I don't I don't think anyone th- uh, expects the butthole cut to improve the original project. We're just like <laughs> I just want to see that exist. I wish they had the butthole cut, but then it also came in at a runtime of like three and a half hours. (laughs) They're like, we cut a lot of, it wasn't just the buttholes themselves. There was a lot of the play that involved buttholes. And we just had to cut all of that once you cut out the buttholes. And I just wanted to come together and make a lot more sense. Yeah, like there, there was an entire plot line that revolved around the buttholes. It's like, well, we we couldn't do uh, do that. It's like, uh, it's like Taylor Swift actually had a lot more screen time. <laughs> she had like the twenty minute butthole song. You actually saw Taylor Swift's actual butthole, which costs a lot of money. That's actually where one hundred and fifty million dollars of the budget went. Was just. 30 seconds of Taylor Swift's butthole. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like one of those uh, things where it's, it's like she was just desperate for an Oscar. And, <laughs> and so she did this. Uh, well, yeah, well, yeah, it's like, honestly, a lot. Of, uh, I'm not sure how many people remember at the at the time of release was like there were uh, so much about this movie. The news it, it just felt so ridiculous. It felt like people were just making up all sorts of rumors and Everyone was just running with them because uh, because it's like, well, this isn't any more ridiculous than reality. Well, I also it's just like the play itself is a little ridiculous. So I feel like anything you say about it could kind of be true. Yeah, uh, yeah, because I mean, the uh, the play, uh, at least the Broadway version, has always gotten mixed reviews and like do, uh, and like reading up on, uh, on it, it really uh, did feel. It really sounds like a vehicle for like. Any actor with any t- 
uh, talent to just show off what uh, uh, what they have. Because you know there was one character who didn't sing but did a whole lot of ballet. There uh, uh, there were like other sorts of dance. There were di- uh, different variations of uh, of songs and, spe- and speaking parts. So it uh, it really was. Uh, was like I'm not sure how much this is true. I don't want to get lambasted by the theater community, but it did feel uh, feel like if you uh, if you got in Cats, it would be a great stepping stone to something else. Oh yeah, it's on Broadway, and it was also I'm blanking on the what's the Broadway version in London? Uh, uh West End. Yeah, it was a big West End play too. So yeah, it's a great vehicle. Also, Victoria was the ballet one, right? Yes. Because the actress who played her wasn't so much of an actress as mo- she mostly did ballet. Yeah, yeah, she was mainly about a, a ballet performer. I believe this was her first film role. Oh, really? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was either her for her first or uh, or second. I wonder if she yeah. got anything after. Because it's mean, not really I, on her. Yeah, it it isn't on her uh, on her, but. Uh, uh, but I mean, wh- which is also why it is uh, is sad that when the Razzies came came out, they decided to nominate her for uh, for the film. Okay, so she does ha- have like a few other film uh, uh, film and TV credits, but they're all under ballet. <laughs> so she is like first and foremost a ballet dancer who just happened to act for this movie. Do you think she was like, maybe maybe I do want to be in movies? And she was like super excited for the role. And then she gets into Cats and she's like, okay, this will come out. This will be great. I'm so excited to be an actor outside of just ballet. And then she just got ripped apart constantly after this movie. And she's like, fuck that. Ballet's easier. I'd rather just rip my toenails off getting up on my toes than have to deal with the movie industry anymore. I uh, I mean I can uh, I can see that because it, uh, it is a, ha- a hard transition that like not a uh, that like not a lot of people are able to do for, uh, between just pure dancing and uh, uh, and then go into uh, and then go into acting. Uh, uh, I mean th- it, there are rare cases uh, like Jennifer Lopez, but she was also actively trying to like sing and act, and uh, she didn't just stumble in, uh, into that. I guess the uh, the only like. Re- a uh, real example I could think of is so, uh, Sophia Butella because she started off as a dancer, then she got cast in Kingsman and uh, 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 off a Nike commercial that the, uh, I believe the director said. So, uh, oh, shit. That's a good deal. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. And it's like, I'm not sure how, uh, how much she was trying to act before, but it worked out for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then so, uh, uh, so some uh, some other rumors that came out about this uh, uh, movie around the t- uh, time of release, of course, the butthole cut. Um, it was rumor, it was rumored to have a budget of two hundred million dollars, which would have meant it would have had to be the highest grossing Broadway adaptation of all time to break even. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, yeah. For uh, uh, yeah, for uh, uh, reference, the highest grossing uh, one as of now is Chicago, and that made one hundred seventy point six million. Oh shit! I didn't realize. I thought that was like a relatively reasonable budget for a movie with that many A-listers in it. I, uh, I mean, it depends on the film. I think, uh, I think considering how much VFX and C- and CGI they used, it probably would have been a better product if it had that bu- 
budget. Not sure if it would have made its money back though. Yeah, because uh, because uh, again, like it's uh, it's an adaptation of a Broadway sh- uh, show that uh, uh, that had like I wouldn't say a small fan base, but not. Uh, uh, but not it isn't as widespread acclaim as other Broadway shows. But I know a lot of people who like the show really love it. And then um another rumor that was that's just false is is that they didn't use motion capture suits because the director thought that would mess with the actor's performances. Which that's just a ridiculous one. Wait, <laughs> is that not true? They did use motion capture suits because oh, okay. I mean if they. Because, uh, I mean, at this point, I don't think anyone working with VFX would turn that down uh, for that sort of stuff. Because, I am because I mean, it, this, uh, this is probably not the exact same, but uh, with similar technology to what's being used in stuff like Avatar and Marvel movies. So, uh, uh, so like, I don't... Uh, so like I feel like any VFX supervisor that got on set and the director is like we're not going to use mocap suits they would just be like I quit. Well, did the director ever do heavy VFX movie? No, I don't know. Like you always hear bad decisions by directors, and it's just like they override everyone. I could see this like getting to the very end, and they're just like they just stick it out. They're like the motion capture suits are going to take away from everything, even though they kind of mimic what a cat suit would do but uh, yeah i i don't know yeah i i feel like there would have to be too many people to approve that because it's uh, it would be like the director ignoring everyone on the vfx team i'm pretty sure a decision like that the producers get and get involved the post team would have to get involved because that holds uh, uh, up how quick they can do the movie and uh, which by uh, which by the way the mo- the film was finished just hours before the premiere so uh, uh, so they really did not have time to waste okay i'm looking it up right now i'm looking for behind the scenes shots and <laughs> yeah they had vfx suits okay <laughs> <laughs> was that the first one you found uh it's all rebel oh my god <laughs> james cord Oh no! Here's uh, uh. Oh wait, but they have um, uh, who who played uh the? He was the actor. He was the the old guy. Oh, uh, Ian McKellen. Yeah, he's just dressed in. I'm pretty sure that's what he wore on the screen. Uh, oh yeah. Well, his character was covered in clothes, so it's not like they had to animate fur. Or, or, oh or yeah. Yeah. Oh my. Uh, oh my God. Like. Uh, Honestly, honestly, I feel like any uh, on any movie set where the behind scenes pictures look like that, no one should get a Razzie for acting because they had to like <laughs> act while looking at that. <laughs> Wait, but then here's here's Taylor Swift dancing with all her clothes on, but that might have yeah, just been that, like doing. Yeah, a, yeah, that looks like a rehearsal. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, uh, anyway. Uh, 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 let's see and uh, the final r- r- rumor where i uh, i could not figure out if this was true or not but they supposedly had to cgi out jason derulo's bulge i'm just mm. i'm just gonna say it's true <laughs> i don't know that seems like something that would be true about jason derulo that seems like something jason derulo would have his team put out <laughs> <laughs> 
like uh, like he has a, he has the power and it's like i could see him just talking about his manager and it's like his manager jokes about it and he's just like do it like <laughs> we don't need confirmation that uh, that happened we just want people to think it happened <laughs> I, the, every actor should do that about movies <laughs> like like James Earl Jones should have just been like, yeah, it was really hard being in the suit for Star Wars because my they had to they had to CGI out my ten foot long dick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, so uh, I mean, like one person that, uh, that does get to write about something similar like that. Apparently, Chris Chris Hemsworth for his first fitting for Thor, he uh, he was too jacked to fit in the suit, so he had to lose uh, uh, muscles. So. Uh, so he gets to brag about that the rest of his life. Oh, there's also Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe has like one of the biggest penises in the world <laughs> to the point that I forget which movie they had like a penis scene in, but they had to use a prosthetic penis because they shot it with his regular penis and it was just so big. It was distracting. They're like, it doesn't add anything to the scene because all you're thinking is, holy shit, Willem Dafoe has a giant cock. <laughs> Could you imagine being a costume designer? You get all the regular measurements for uh, for the actors, and then uh, and then like at the bottom is like another uh, measure, uh, measurement that's uh, that's like t- uh, ten inches by eight inches, and, uh, <laughs> and that's brief synopsis and production history of Cats. Now it's time for our opening statement. So from here, I'm going to be telling you all why this movie is actually pretty good. And I'll be saying why it's awful. So my opening statements. This film has been accused of lacking plot and having poor VFX. To those accusers, I say your judgment is the point. The film is really an exploration of characters and focuses on how our own judgments keep us from seeing the good that's out there. The visual and directing style implores you to suspend your disbelief and open your imagination. The fact so many people couldn't is more of a failure on our society than it is on the filmmakers. My opening statement, Cats is a nightmarish abomination that spits on the legacy of famed poet T.S. Eliot. They took a solid musical and threw it one mile down into the depths of the uncanny valley. The CGI is confusingly horny, and its inconsistency gives the viewers the experience of taking too much Benadryl before running through FurryCon. The story barely makes sense, and the overall message is deeply confusing. Fans of both Cats the Animal and Cats the, music, uh, Cats the Musical were appropriately appalled by this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I guess I'll start with the VFX because I think I think that was something uh, f- from the first trailer that dropped. That was something pe- uh, people uh, uh, lambasted, and while it's clear from the uh, uh, from the uh, from the story, uh, the production history, the VFX team probably could have u- uh, used more time. I don't think it's uh, it's their fault of anything, but I do feel. Uh, I feel like the point of it was to not be re- uh, realistic or to uh, or to be outside of what we com- uh, conventionally thought because I uh, I mean out even outside of the character design it, it's constantly pl- uh, uh, playing around with what's what's real and distor- uh, and distorting images we're uh, we're familiar 
uh, with. I mean, uh, I mean, there are plenty of cats that go- walk around naked. Some, uh, some that wear cl- uh, clothes. There's, of course, the, uh, uh, the part where Rebel Wilson, z- uh, uh, her character, zips off her what appears to be her fur to uh, uh, to reveal a costume underneath. So it's it's clearly not meant to be uh, uh, to be realistic in that. Uh, uh, aspect and want and want you to suspend your disbelief more that's fair but i also think there is like way better ways to do that in the sense that like when you look at the play you're like oh those are humans acting as cats and like that you can deal with it brings you into the fantastical world but with the movie it's kind of like if a witch went to a human and was like i'm gonna turn you into a cat and then halfway through was just like all right, I gave up. You're just going to stay like some freakish monster. Like it, you don't send a cat out the door. It's just, you turn into a, they were monsters. They were very creepy looking. They were kind of like abominations. And also they're just like very weirdly horny. Like why do all the cats have tits, Bill? And why'd they have tits? Okay. But that's, that's just a thing with animation as a way to like differentiate male and female. Cause they, because uh, I mean, if you watch a lot of anime movies with animals, they do that. Uh, they do that anyway. I think uh, um one example that went around the internet a lot um in the series of Lilo and Stitch when they uh, when they introduced a female ver- uh, version of Stitch, it's like yeah, they gave her kind of feminine feminine curves to, just to differentiate she she's a girl. So I. Uh, so that's more of a convention of animation as a medium. Okay, but I've just got to point out, Stitch wasn't an animal. Stitch was an alien. <laughs> <laughs> okay, non-human character. <laughs> yeah, but like once you're an alien, it's not that like you can have as many tits as you want because you you are outside the realm. But we're talking about cats. Okay, if anything, being an alien should mean you have no tits because why would an alien uh, be uh, succumb to like? human standards of sexual attractiveness because you you can't just write off aliens being able to lactate (laughs) like why don't they they could have if they're gonna make tits they could have just done like six across the belly (laughs) (laughs) well again well again i think i think the point is like they wanted you to relate uh, to them and i think uh, i think because they were using re- uh, real actors trying to get uh, get cat like proportions would have been very t- uh, would have been very tough uh, especially when you consider like they all have to dance and i uh, and if you're having actors dance in mocaps uh, suits i think you're going to get a better pr- uh, product if their character looks like the actors that uh, then if they have to dance and then you have to like distort their dance into uh, into a cat uh, a cat body okay but i kind of see it as you're taking this fantastical world that you're trying to draw the viewer into correct yeah you're trying to get them in but as soon as you see the vfx you're immediately out my immediate reaction once i saw the opening frame of that movie once you get past the cat being thrown into the garbage is I was just like, what the fuck are those monsters? I was not like, ooh, what a fantastical world of disbelief that I'm about to immerse myself in. I'm just like, all I can focus on is the cat tits and just how weird everything looks. 
It's weird you're focused on cat uh, cat tits. I don't think any of them were that big. I thought they were just getting. I thought like the female cats were just giving feminine cur uh, curves. No, I no, no. Uh, there's uh, some tits. I I feel like we are quickly going to get very sidetracked in, uh, in that discussion. But but I but I would but I would say like that opening scene. They uh, they did well uh, well to uh, establish. Uh, essentially, we're going to the world cast before revealing uh, uh, any of the uh, any of the characters, and like just slowly in, uh, introducing uh, the elements of like, okay, this isn't gonna be exactly like the real world. Uh, you're gonna have to uh, you're gonna have to open uh, you're gonna have to open up. And I uh, and I feel like a, uh, this was a movie a lot of people going into it ju uh, just had had their mindset on what this ride was gonna be. Yeah, it's fair, but I don't know. That the opening sequence wasn't bad, but I'm just like all I could focus on was just how weird everybody looked. It's 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 nightmarish seeing something that's supposed to be a cat, but then it just has a face exactly like me and you, where it's got like actual noses and it doesn't have like cat or the split lip or I don't really know. Well, I mean, they, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, no, because I feel like they have to have the. Uh, the human faces, because that's how we re relate to them. I mean, like on the flip side with the Lion King re remake, a big criticism was that because they were so dedicated to the National Geographic estate, you couldn't tell what the uh, uh, read what their emotions are on their face because we naturally just don't read like uh, a lion and baboon emotions that, uh, that as well as humans. Yeah, but like in the animated Lion King film, you could read that shit pretty easily. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, because they were made more human-like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like this is—it's just different. It's like creepy human. It's sitting in that where you look at it and you're just like, I don't understand what's wrong with it. And you're just like, it upsets. It's like it. I don't know. I, I don't know. I thought uh, I thought it just looked like really interesting cosplay, or like a furry <laughs> costume. <laughs> Yeah, but is that what you want for a two hundred million dollar movie? Is a furry well, well, costume? Well, no, it wasn't. Again, the two hundred million million dollars that was a rumor that has since been this this rumor disproven. The the actual budget was under a hundred million. So it was. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Budget ninety five million. So, so yeah. Uh, so yeah, again, uh, again, I think th uh, this was a ca uh, case of like in filmmaking. Sometimes you have to allocate resources to uh, to different things, and uh, and so like they uh, they probably uh, the VFX team probably could sp uh, spend time like building everyone's cat f uh, faces in a way that it's like oh we get the actors' uh, emotions and it looks like a cat, but that uh, uh, but what would that have taken away from? Would they? Uh, uh, would the fur, uh, would the fur not look as good? Would they? Uh, would the tails not move right? It's uh, yeah, uh, but they also could have just given them physical costumes and saved a lot of money on VFX and done more practical sets, and everything would have just like vibed a lot better. See, but then that question be, it, it becomes. Then why don't we just watch the play? Because I mean, because uh, I mean, with the sets, they uh, the virtual sets were uh, were built to be like large and expansive, something you couldn't easily put on a stage. So, uh, 
so I mean, when you're adapting so, uh, something from a different medium, you can't j uh, do everything that works in the original medium because it doesn't always wor work on film. Uh, I, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, and I was gonna, I was just gonna say, and I, uh, and I think like the uh, the sets and like uh, and some uh, some of the choreography and editing plays into that. I don't know. I feel like there wasn't many shots that couldn't be fit on a soundstage. There were, there were shots like the sequence where where the two robber cats are just going through through the house. You think that could have been on a soundstage? Yeah, there was like well, four rooms. They, uh, they had like stairs a hundred times their size. Uh, and yeah, the, and the huge and the huge bed. You could have just made a huge bed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, the thing is, if you're already using v, VFX, it, it everything has to fit aesthetically, and that's what and that's why, like a lot of VFX, like in a lot of movies, their goal isn't solely to be to look realistic or or. In, like it's a photo their go uh, goal is to fit a certain aesthetic that support uh, supports the rest of the film and then everything goes into that yeah but mm -hmm. the aesthetic was just unsettling it just gave me the heebie-jeebies that's what it comes down to it is kind of distracting i i mean it's uh, i mean it's a bold uh, it's a bold choice i think uh, i think that uh, uh, they were just going. They were just going for uh, for something, and I could see. It. And like I think a lot of the decisions were made to elevate the performance of the actors. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that it was a bold choice, but like bold choice doesn't mean it worked out well. Like a bold choice could be eating an entire salami for breakfast before you go on a ten mile run, but that doesn't mean at mile five you're not just throwing up in the garbage can before you carry on your way. I don't appreciate you insulting my pre-workout meals. <laughs> I don't know. I The other issue I'm having is I don't know how much I actually like Cats the musical in itself. That's sort of like, I think a lot of my criticisms for the film could also be applied to parts of the musical. All right. All right. Okay, well... For the for the musical aspect, um, the only major yeah, um change in like plot or structure I could uh, I could find was that uh, is that um the uh, uh, Victoria the White Cat uh, apparently in the musical she did not have as prominent as uh, as a role her uh, her role really didn't do much singing just a lot of ballet. Dancing, where in the movie she's essentially the audience surrogate. She's used to introduce the audience to the world of the Jellicle Cats. Is she thrown into the set in the musical? I I did not find that. Neither of us have seen the musical. No. <laughs> <laughs> Like we're we're going we're going purely off of like Wikipedia pages and vibes <laughs> for it. <laughs> I mean, 
I mean, but going going to the movie, I do uh, for that change. I could see how for a film you want an audience surrogate and like essentially someone to guide you through uh, through the world and and it and it was definitely helpful to have the uh, to have like the uh, the cats have to introduce themselves to uh, to her because. I mean, theater is a medium where, uh, where to some degree, you can just talk directly to the audience. Uh, where in a movie, uh, movie, it needs to be much more immersive, and so, uh, and so, uh, having her uh, her do that was just a very natural way to uh, uh, to go through all the characters and world build in here. Okay, can I ask you just a question? Because I I think there's a few parts. That, so, in the beginning, you have. Uh, Rumble teaser and who's the other one? Uh, Rumble teaser. Rumble teaser is I. All right, I took notes on like the character. Rumble teaser is not on this list. Wait, no, no, the the two thief cats. Oh, uh, oh, the two th- uh, thief cats. Uh, uh, oh yeah, Rumble teaser and Mongo uh, Jerry. Mongo Jerry. Okay, yeah, I have them under the same bullet point. That's why. Okay, so. They sing before the whole concept of the Jellicle Ball is introduced. Was that their entry into the Jellicle Ball? If all the cats sing and dance during the Jellicle Ball, they didn't do any singing or dancing during the Jellicle Ball. Uh, uh, Well, because weren't they in on the conspiracy to bring McCavity there? So so that's why they were laying everything. Uh, like everyone else is singing and dancing be a distraction but it also that's the same thing that happened with uh oh my memory is so bad um the the indoor cat uh well uh, i mean she was kidnapped before the jellical ball yeah but would she have sang at the jellical ball yeah probably she was there <laughs> <laughs> Also, can only two of the cats do magic? Uh, yeah, apparently, because it's a special skill. That's the talent <laughs> that makes them work. Are you born no. with that, or is that something you practice? I, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, they did not <laughs> explain those rules uh, to us because, again, it's one, uh, it's one of those things where I don't feel like movies need to explain ever, oh, yeah, no, every I- single aspect. I agree with that, but like I also want you know like an anime guide where they go over all the different stats people have. I want that for all the characters and cats. Like give me Mungo Jerry, and it's just like attacks ten, speed ninety seven. <laughs> like just one of those things where like from Naruto when the, <laughs> when they bring they bring in a a new character, like Kakashi just goes like, oh, you gotta look out for. Uh, <laughs> for this one, <laughs> the, uh, 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 like the, uh, like they can tap dance and strip tease. <laughs> Watch out for that one. It lives indoors. It's got an army of cockroaches and mice, and it can zip off all its fur and it's got clothing under, but it can't take the clothing off. It just has to put back on all the fur. <laughs> so don't be distracted. It's a, uh, it's it's gonna get you. <laughs> Yeah, but I, so I know this uh, this movie definitely isn't heavy on plot, but I I also don't uh, feel like it still has a, 
has a story where it doesn't need to be heavy on plot in the sense that it, it uh, the, uh, you have plot points A, B, and C happening in uh, in ten minutes. It uh, it does take a long time to go from A, a to B, but you, you, we learn more about the characters along the way. I guess so, but like what we learn about them doesn't necessarily change anything in the story. Uh, well, I think uh, well, I think it just built uh, builds up a lot because real. Uh, because uh, really, the story uh, the story is uh, uh, is uh, ultimately how the, uh, how they ju- uh, judge Gr- uh, Grizabella, play, uh, played by Jennifer Hudson, uh, uh, in the movie. Because because uh, the way the story structure they uh, they have uh, it does a classic thing where it's like they have cats to cover the seven deadly s- uh, sins. We have Lust as Rumtum Tugger. Uh, gl- uh, uh, Gluttony, Bustopher Jones, Gr- uh, Greed as the two robbers. Grizabella is Envy. Pride, Mister Misophiles. Wrath is McCavity, and Sloth is Jenny. Uh, any dots? <laughs> and so, uh, and so, like we're doing that. It's showing. It's showing like all the cats have flaws, but uh, uh, but Grizabella is the only one really being ju- uh, being judged for uh, for it, and that's why she's. Uh, uh, she's the uh, the reason that she get, uh, that she gets sent up because uh, because she's the only one that kind of redeemed herself for it and f- uh, and felt bad and repent uh, and repented. This is uh, yeah, this is actually a very Catholic movie. That uh, well, T. S. Eliot was like a big. He was an evangelical Christian when he lived in America. Then he ended up going. He moved to England, uh, and he converted to angelicism. But it was in gel- he was a Catholic angelicist essentially, so he practiced a lot of Catholicism. But it was under the angelic angelical wait no I think I'm yeah angelical uh, framework because mm. everyone in England kind of had to be angelical. I'm mixing up angelical angelical and it's like really <laughs> getting in my head. I was like, now am I saying he's a cat? Christian. He just created his whole new religion. But no, he uh he had a, a bunch of his poetry was kind of centered around that. Um hang on. I'm blanking on uh, uh all right, you know what? I'll get back to it, but also can we go to the costumes and why some cats were clothed and some cats weren't? But if the cat was played by a black actor, they were either dressed as a pimp or a homeless woman. So, uh, so I feel like the uh, the clothing was uh, was used to reflect their uh, their character more. more. Again, pl- uh, playing around with uh, with the real uh, the realism of, uh, of it because they because uh, they uh, they use like um the magi- uh, the magician. Uh, had like the performance of uh, vest and the top hat. Uh, um, uh, um, Rebel Wilson, her her character, uh, is of course the one that zi- zipped off her, her fur, which kind of sh- shows that like she she is like a homebody, but she has so much going on under uh, underneath and in her own space. So, uh, and uh, and of course, McCavity had has nice big coat and hat. And um, hat and uh, Gris- uh, Grizabella had 
a coat similar to McCavy's, but run down more because she she left him and just hasn't been accepted back. So it the clothing really does reflect their their characters and their role in the story. That's fair, but okay. I just want to point out they're all stray cats, but there's just like one homeless woman. Like one of them is dressed like a homeless person, but none of them have homes other than. Uh, Oh my God! Sorry, my memory is getting really bad. Who's who's the Jenny Any Dots? Jenny Any Dots. That is Rebel Wilson's character. Yeah, she's the only one that lives in a home. And then, so they're all strays, but just one is like a, portrayed as the only one that's actually like without a home. Because well, because uh, she was shunned by the uh, the community. Yeah, well, they're like she lives in the wasteland. What is the wasteland? I want to know. That's like really interesting stuff. Uh, I mean, I uh, this is, is supposed to like take place in London, so uh, uh, so I'm assuming if you ask T. S. Eliot, it's wherever immigrants live in London. But uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, fair. But I'm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, uh, but I mean, like again, again, that's 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 something where I don't feel like the movie needs to explain every detail. Because like, is there a wasteland? Like, maybe they could have just shown a picture of what the, what it was. But if we're if we're using one character as the iron surrogate, then what's her reason to to go there? And and like, maybe maybe there isn't one but all we know is that like in in this like the two or four blocks where they live they uh, they have a community they have food they uh, uh, they have a uh, a place where they feel safe and out there they don't and th- uh, and that's what the movie tells us and that's all the information we need to know to say like oh th- and to feel bad for that character is that about the church like in order to the wasteland is living outside of the church and then anybody, even if they're full of sin, but they live within the church and the promise of salvation, then they get to live a reasonable life. And then if Mr. God, I'm really bad with names. Uh, Idra, Idris Elba's character. Uh, uh, McCavity. Yeah. McCavity kind of like lives out in the wasteland, but he owns it. Like he's sort of like the sinner who owns the sin. And then Grizabella follows him out there, but she doesn't really own the sin. She kind of got lured out there. So she doesn't live as quite a good life. She left the church and now she's being shunned. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the film also. Uh, uh, points out again Grizabella is looking for uh, for redemption and uh, uh, and like in, in a way has repented for her uh, uh, for her sin uh, sin so like well uh, uh, while this could be re- uh, read as like oh she she got punished for leaving the church it could also be uh, uh, again be read as a critique of uh, of the church for their judgment of uh, uh, of her because uh, because like in in the end, or to get old Deuteronomy back, so, uh, some of them have to put us, uh, uh, put aside the traits that it, uh, they hold dear and and work together to get uh, to get her back. And that's when they realize like, oh, we all live with uh, 
live with live with sin she just essentially got caught for it and that put and that put her out and and that's when they learn forgiveness i get that but also didn't mr mistopheles just teleport her back with magic <laughs> yes but he had to uh, but before he was just doing magic for uh, for himself now he had to do it for everyone else that's why he struggled Oh, really? I thought it was just like he wasn't very good at it and it just took him a few tries. Or she could have just walked through the door. That's the other aspect of it. Everyone was so like psyched about him like trying to do magic and then she showed up in the direction of the door. (laughs) She didn't appear like where he was pointing the magic. She just kind of like walked in and everyone was focused on him and then she's like, I'm here. You did it. I mean, he did. He did teleport her. He just like miscalculated where she would end up. (laughs) Cats is a silly musical. I mean, it's fun when you uh, when you open your eyes to it. Yeah, but I think they did it a little too. I think they should have made it like sillier. There should have there should have been like some more guffaws. And I feel like any place where they did go for the laugh, it just really didn't hit. I'm mainly oh. thinking of James Corden's song. James Corden's song, there are parts where it's supposed to be like, I, they're like, oh, we're going to get such a big laugh here. And I'm just, it just none of it was all that funny. I, th- I think, I think with his song, I think they... I think a lot of it was like even tone throughout, where it's where it's like if everything's played as a joke, nothing's a joke. If that makes sense, that's fair. But there, there are like a few physical comedy moments that they just I don't know they didn't work for me. I will like they got rid of the character, and I was like, good riddance, get rid of him. He sucks. I don't want. Maybe it's just I don't like James Corden, and that's like playing into the ass into my judgment of it. <laughs> See again, that's like bias going into the movie that pl- uh, that played into it. Uh, well, also I get uh, also like I can't uh, I can't believe I didn't mention this at, at top, but like James Gordon and Rebel Wilson at the Oscars that uh, that year made fun of the VFX in the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, they it, <laughs> like they dressed up in cats co- uh, costumes. I forget exactly what uh, uh, what they said, but they uh, uh, but the. Uh, uh, but like they just made jokes about it, so like a lot of the, the VFX community was upset with them. Yeah, that's actually like a real bitchy kind of fucked up move. Yeah, where I don't know, like even if in my opinion it was really bad, the VFX still people put a lot of work into it, and then to go to the Oscars and just shit on all those people, pretty dickish. Yeah, move. I mean, I mean the Oscar. Uh, the Oscars every so often ju- uh, just like disparages uh, uh, aspects of filmmaking. Yeah. All right. Anyway, the, uh, so that was our discussion. Now it's time. Uh, it's time where we acknowledge our side. So, uh, uh, so uh, I'm gonna give th- uh, three th- uh, things I thought the film could do done better, and Chris is gonna give three things she liked about it. So, uh, so I will say for. Uh, uh, the first thing I think it could have been better was like 
the choreography in, uh, inside because I did think it at times it played with uh, uh, with the set well, but uh, other times it felt like the uh, the choreography was done like for a a Broadway stage and not the hu the huge set that they built, uh, which just ma it makes it feel small in comparison. Yeah, that's fair. I'm going off of your prejudice and biases thing. It's not as bad as the critics would make you believe. Like, if you can watch it and separate it from the criticism, it's not the worst way to spend two hours. It's kind of like Velma, where everyone hated on Velma so much. But the reason Velma was so bad was the fact that they were using Scooby-Doo. So if you take Scooby-Doo out of Velma, it's it was like a solid show. It wasn't the best thing you've ever seen, but it wasn't the worst. Yeah. So like Cats was definitely one of those where if you, I, I watched it after hearing everything about it and I'm just like, this is awful. And then me and you watched it together and wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. Like I, I wasn't sitting there for two hours just being like, this fucking sucks. I was just like, all right, well, I can kind of see the criticism, but also memory fucking rocks. Oh yeah. Like, uh, 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 like, I mean, I feel uh, I feel like that was one of those like fan castings that uh, that worked like that worked out like if you're gonna get anyone to sing a sing a ballad might as well be Jennifer Hudson. Yeah, well then I should just go into my second one. Yeah, memory is one of the greatest songs ever created, and Jennifer <laughs> Hudson did it justice. Mister Mistopheles is catchy, although I think it runs a little long, and Taylor Swift killed it singing McCavity the Mystery Cat. <laughs> Yeah, like I, uh, it's funny they brought in Taylor Swift for like w uh, one scene, but uh, they're uh, they're like you're gonna sing this song, and she uh, and she understood the assignment. Yeah, she came out just like nailing it. the The aesthetic, the the way she sang it, just everything was perfect. Uh, yeah, I, I get, uh, and I guess like my next two kind of fall under something I was saying while we were watching the movie is that like. It should have been animated because I do think that uh, that would have like made all the VFX uh, stuff a lot be better. Because um, uh, um, you you mentioned like a lot like they should have done more of the fantasy elements, and like I think think that should have uh, extended to the set because it, it did feel kind of ridiculous at times that like. We're seeing we're seeing all this stuff with uh, uh, with the characters, but then every single thing in the set uh, is just something that's very recognizable to the real world. And uh, and I think if they uh, they had done something where it's like they, they take the ordinary thing and make it different for it in the uh, in the background, it could have really added to it. I think they could have also like thrown in like one human, like one human giant. Who's just like, who screams at them to shut up or something? How are you gonna have something about cats without someone yelling outside of their window, being like, "God, shut the fuck up, you cats"? <laughs> I mean, they're uh, they're the humans that throw out Victoria, but we never see their faces. Nah, she's just in a bag. Yeah, uh, and then like the final point going uh going off of that, this the scaling wasn't consistent. <laughs> And I uh, like at uh, at times like because every uh, everything in the background and on set is uh, something we, uh, we recognize in real life. It's like we're we're using that to gauge a size of the ca 
and cats. And I do feel a lot like a lot of it has to it has to do with the fact that humans and cats have such different different proportions. It's hard to it, uh, to scale that. But uh, so like as a result, it just wasn't consistent. And like watching it seen to, seen, it just bothered me. And like again, if it was animated, that's not a problem. You have to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. Po- uh, yeah. Point being, stop trying to make everything live action. Make more things animated. Yeah, I love animated shit. It's like it it gets down to like, I don't know if you can't watch it animated. This more goes for something that was writ- already animated. But if you can't watch it animated, you just shouldn't be able to watch it. Like, oh, just yeah. go see the live action play if you want to see live action. All right. And then my last point is, if you're a furry. This movie is exactly what you want. <laughs> this movie, like, oh my god, it was just made for furries. They're like, it, it goes beyond, like, yeah, furries have the costumes. You could get that in the musical. No, this is like, you're like, oh, what if I actually was a cat? You, mm-hmm. Now you know, you know exactly what you would be like, kind of a monster, but also <laughs> you'd have little cat boobies. Yeah, I'll, uh, <laughs> uh, no, because like the way that the VFX, I feel like for. Uh, or for McCavy, they they just intentionally ma- made him a good looking cat. Yeah, he's a sexy cat. I'm not gonna lie, he got the abs going up the side, and he comes out and sings McCavity, the magic cat, just like ooh, all shiny and shit, wearing no clothes. He's got those like piercing eyes. Yeah, it's like someone. It's like someone did the VFX on him, and it's it's like their their celebrity hall pass is Idris Elba, but also they like the feel of velvet. <laughs> <laughs> all right you want a closing statement yes my close uh, uh, closing statement so uh so cats is it a perfect movie no but if you go into it with an open mind you will uh, uh, you will find many th- uh, things you like and you, uh, and maybe you'll uh, uh, you'll just rediscover playing with your imagination again Cats is a fucking mess of a movie. The CGI is terrible. The majority of the songs are mediocre and it costs millions to make. There are so many things that money could have gone to, but instead we got some fever dream about salvation filled with cat boobies, cats dressed as pimps, and a cat which was homeless in a movie about stray cats. All of them are homeless, but only one has the clothes of a homeless person. If you're a furry, it's a great watch, 10 out of 10. But for everyone else, 2 out of 10, you'll watch an hour 45 of garbage just to hear memory. All right. And with that, that is the, uh, this episode of Film versus Movie. Thank you uh, uh, all for listening. I'm Belton Delane Facey. Thank you all. I'm Chris Sure. Have a lovely rest of your day.